0: Brittany and I have been talking a lot about the hiring challenges that our people in Seven CTOs are facing. And we thought we'd have a discussion around what is the hiring problem? Because it's popular to say we have a hiring issue, uh, and clearly there is a hiring problem. But we want to land it a little bit and really discuss well, what is your particular specific hiring challenge. And so today's conversation will just help us peel away what do we think the the hiring problem really is. So we'll start globally, globalization of the workforce, the trends, post-pandemic work-from-home world, the obliteration of the Silicon Valley thing. That's all cool, and I think those conversations are happening ad nauseum. We're very interested in the more personal aspect of what are CTOs experiencing as their hiring problem. Eric, David, welcome to the CTO studio. Thanks for having me. Indeed. Thanks for having us. Good. Good. Eric, notice how David said us and you said me. It's a team team. here. (laughs) Always a team. (laughs) This may be indicative of my hiring problem. I don't know. We'll figure (laughs) it out on
1: the call. See the issue.
2: I'd love to hear, David and Eric, in your own summary, if we look at the world, what is the global hiring problem? Not specific to your companies, but on a global scale, what's the problem?
3: Money's flowing easily. So I think everybody's got an idea and they're all running out to try to create their idea. So you've got you've got some people that that may not succeed because they're not quite equipped to do what they're doing, out there trying to get software developed for themselves, trying to get lots of work done. And I think that is that's creating a big problem because there's just they're just tying up a lot of what used to be available in consultancy work. They're tying it up. And so I think that's probably the, one of the largest problems we're facing is that money is readily available to do those things.
0: Yeah, and last night I was talking to a CTO actually in our community and he told me that Facebook reached out to him and offered him a $750,000 salary for a director level position at Meta. I am available. Yeah, (laughs) of course. I'm thinking to myself, it's almost irresponsible to say no to that. If you think of your family, your even if you say for two years you could make more than you would make for five, six, seven years in the job that you love, it's almost let's go work in the gold mines for a little bit and go make that money and secure household income. But that's part of the problem. You
3: worked for Facebook, right? So you'll land your job somewhere else after you put director of something at Facebook on there. So yeah, there's no downside to that. Yeah, we had somebody here, we're in Omaha, so we don't have super high salaries. But we had some people that left because they got hired because of this remote staffing. They got hired for a half a million dollar job by him. How do you compete with that? And so I think that's, that. to your point, that's part of the challenge too, is it's like they're paying a premium also for talent. So... It yeah. raises the rates of everything mm. as well, so I think and those I think, are both big challenges,
0: yeah, and speaking to what you said about money flowing freely, I think Amazon also raised their base salary f- to what like from one sixty to three hundred was that the number? Mm.
1: something like that, yeah, yeah, it was high about yeah. double, yeah, I think you also touched on the point that I think the that challenge has been further exasperated in a post covid world because all these companies that were very demanding about moving to the valley or new york or whatever are have now opened up to remote working and it doesn't look like they're going back at least given the pushback by employees whereas you could previously count on the remote workforce or your local workforces that didn't necessarily want to move to those locations to to help you out now they've got just as much of an opportunity to stay in omaha or dallas And go get a half million dollar salary at Amazon as they do working for you. So stuff out there.
2: So basically like money is at the root of the problem being that there's so much flowing that is leading to more people having these ideas. Eric, this is what you spoke to, having these ideas where they can fund and then they're tying up the workforce that used to be available. And then also putting these high, these companies are putting these high premiums on talent and can get them anywhere and pay them exorbitant amounts what's the like other end of the spectrum problem if that's what's happening for people who are the talent is there a hiring problem on the other end of the spectrum in terms of like people who aren't super talented or who aren't like feeling a certain need on a lower end
1: yeah absolutely what's that yeah, I about? Think-
2: we always hear the other side
1: yeah, i think the one one thing that i've just observed has been the challenges that we're trying to solve in 2022 are a lot more complex than the challenges that we were solving with SAS and the internet in say 2005 or 2010. So it's not just a need for just any talent, anybody that can write code. We need people that can architect systems and develop complex interactions across the spec, the tech stack and whatnot that puts that senior talent that has experience doing that just even in even greater demand than they would have been. And it's a lot harder to go find a couple of folks that are interested in Rails, for example, and throw together a crud app like the days of big money and those types of solutions. It's, yeah. it's past, I think.
0: But at this, that's interesting. But at the same token, you could just barely. Have learned how to code and then be in that big bucket of opportunity and cash. You, you just, I feel like we went through a good, like the 2010s to me was almost the coding school syndrome where people would come out of coding schools and they would be three or four years away from truly being a junior developer. I would say now. I feel like the hockey stick is you just have to mention that you can do Rails Generate and you know how to build a CRUD app and you can get sucked into a career that could lead to those more complex systems that you're describing. I think there's definitely still opportunities out there. And I think
1: as this hiring challenge has grown has grown for companies across the board, like a lot of companies that previously had pretty hard stances around we only hire senior engineers or whatever. They're now figuring out ways to develop programs to bring in these less experienced folks and train them up in
2: their systems over time. If I we take this out of tech aspect and we bring it more to my world, which is that people show up a particular way or people are impacted by a particular narrative or some story that we're all existing inside of. If we're all in this industry existing inside of a narrative and story that there's this major hiring problem and. While there are like evidence to that being true, what do you think the impact is on individual CTOs and people who are just constantly inundated that we have this problem, we have this problem and like how do are people actually navigating that if that's all we're hearing over and over?
3: Yeah, I, I think the biggest challenge that it, that can arise is the the idea that you have to understand the psychological place of all of your employees. So we're not the only ones hearing that, they are too. So, I'm in I'm ingratiated in what I've done. I've built something. I'm here. There's pride and value. But when you're asking other people to come in and do it, I think it's harder to find people that can jump on board with that pride and value and get that interest in it. And if they don't have that, then they're only chasing after self-interest. And self-interest is dollar, right? It's what can I do best for my family. And it's not a bad thing, but when you hear nobody can hire you immediately know that your value went up, right? Basic supply and demand says there's not many employees and I am one. So you begin looking for a job, even when necessarily you didn't want one mm-hmm. because you're like, should I be getting paid more? The engineer is telling you about that wasn't mine, but the $500,000 there, they were still making six figures. So they were, they were in a good spot for where they lived, but they got offered something better because they were like, why don't I look? So I think that creates a different challenge for us. Uh, as CTOs to say how do we retain talent when you know that the dollar is luring them away and we all have fixed budgets right some of us have bigger budgets than others but they're all fixed at some point
1: yeah. there's definitely the psychological burden on folks in the seven, or in the CTO role or in other leadership roles of just having to constantly worry about what are my people thinking and and what kind of offers are they getting and how do I even compete with that but I think Eric touches on a great point I think part of how we've addressed the problem is really focusing on our culture doesn't necessarily solve the funnel problem but when it comes to folks once they're here keeping them here we're not going to be able to compete with Amazon or Google or whoever is that as an early stage startup but we really focus on how do we build a great work environment for our, the people that we do have so that even if they get a bigger offer somewhere else, they know the, the comfort working with our team to be able to make that trade-off and not necessarily just chase the money. Yeah. That's I love them, David.
2: Yeah. That's a really great point because I think this is a like an age old issue, right? It's money versus like people in relationships, and that if you have to really create the culture, the relationships, and the humanity, if you want to beat this huge big thing that's as big as money in our yeah,
3: and I, I think that's something that as CTOs we're probably having to adapt to at a faster pace than we might have before, because the tech industry is fixed. right? you have to go to school, you have to learn things. I shouldn't say school, but. You've got to go through a process of learning. And if you didn't go to school, then you're at least going through a junior program and you're really working your way up to get that trust. And I think that we're having to see this shift from, I can get lots of talent. So I really just need to focus on giving you the newest toy. You know, well, we're going to code in this or we're going to code in that or we're, we're going down this DevOps using all the buzzwords to more of a actually, how do we retain people? What do they care about? And I think that we're having to start to look at that at a, at a much more granular level because the technology has become less important. But like I said, I'm, I'm rewriting an app in PHP, right? That's, that's an older language. A lot of people would be like, what are you thinking? But here's the thing. Like the people on my team, I can still teach them systems architecture, regardless of the language. I can still teach them micro architecture. I can still help them understand the value of putting certain things off on a database versus putting it into the code. Like I can still educate them and bring them up. Maybe they're programming in PHP, but those things are going to go across all of the different languages they might learn in their career. And so I think we've had to, we have to learn how to adapt to the culture and say, Hey, maybe I'm not doing this the way, obviously lots of choice with the PHP thing, but the idea there was I can find talent right now because it's a much broader base mm. and I could bring them in. And then we can always transition later. We can say, hey, we want to go to a different level. But the people that wrote it are, are here for the long term because they built it. They own it. They're invested in it. I've invested in them. So they're like, I don't know if I want to go work for another boss. I don't know if I want to be in that situation. Kind of what David said earlier, it's a culture thing. And I think that's been huge for us to focus on because finding people has been difficult And we get some referrals, though. I can look at my team and say, guys, I need people. Who do you know that wants to work here? Because you now know what it's like to work here. Go tell them about the culture. Go tell them about what we do and see if they want to work here because they can grow their career here. And I think that's helped. I've definitely seen some referrals and we've had some people get poached from other places. And I'm working with international teams. Most of my team is in the Philippines right now, and they're still acting on behalf of that because they're like this. I treat them like this is a place for home, like we're building. And I think that's huge. And I think that's going to be a big shift we're going to have to make in order to lure people in because eventually the money will, that's going to happen through correction of some sort. But at that point, what are you going to have left is your culture. And I think if you can get on the bandwagon and getting the culture right now,
1: you're going to be really ahead when we hit that spot. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you hit on something that I've noticed as a a big shift in my approach to being a CTO is prior to some of these challenges, I think a lot of us view the CTO as like the technical visionary wizard guy slash gal that just knows all the things and they're really smart, but maybe they're not a great people person or whatever. But I found myself really focusing in not so much on the tech these days and really trying to be the best boss I've possibly can and providing that that culture to the team that allows them to thrive and really enjoy what they do every day rather than still have technical responsibilities but it's a much slight smaller slice of the pie these days
0: yeah and it, it makes me think about the scarcity versus abundance if you know that You can go and hire or replace someone pretty easily. You don't really have to work on yourself slash culture as much as realizing that if you lose someone, you cannot replace them. And so it almost pushes to the forefront our leadership skills, our deficits, our own insecurities. I spoke with the CTO this morning who is concerned about the VP of engineering. And I actually heard trepidation in his voice. And I had to challenge him on what is he putting up with because he's acting out of fear around his VP of engineering versus showing up strong as a leader, showing up for the culture and trusting that if the VPE falls away, that the culture prevails and that the B player left versus acting from a place of, oh my goodness, if I lose this person, I don't know what I'm going to do where do I find a replacement? What does it say about me as a CTO? And so it's just interesting how that has been turned on its head in these two different hiring climates. We really do have to show up for culture and for leadership.
2: I love what you all are saying because it's basically saying, hey, if we think about the hiring problem as something external, we're actually going to miss a chance to really learn about our leadership and our culture. So you're saying that It's actually in here. Like we have to look inside of our container and our sphere of influence to see who we're being or what we're producing in our culture that has us actually have a hiring problem or not, which is so much easier to deal with. And that is what leadership is acknowledging. Hey, what's my responsibility or what have I created that has it go this way? And I actually can create it different versus being so victim to the outside hiring problem or issue. So what I really hear is it seems like there's been more of a, People who will make it, and I think Eric, this is what you said, is people who will make it will be the ones who are really spending time right now, creating the culture that's going to have people stay and have people want to work hard and not just leave because of the money somewhere else.
1: Definitely. I think it also has an effect on your capabilities of finding more talent externally in terms of looking at our personal experience. We've, even though we're not hiring right now, we've got the constant influx of referrals from our current team of other folks that they're like they love what we're doing and they're like hey i know these three people that would be a great fit and unfortunately right now a lot of the the time it's we don't have budget for that necessarily but we've never intentionally asked for that from our employees they just i think love love where they're working and and they want to bring folks that they care about and enjoy working with so to speak
2: yeah and if we're looking. Internally, to see what the hiring problem is, or what we actually need to create or do different to not be at the impact of this global hiring issue, where what are the first places you would point people to figure out what their actually specific hiring problem is in their company? What are the things we should be noting or observing? It's
1: a good question. I, I feel like as we were building our team back out, spent a lot more time really thinking about what the specific needs we had were. So whereas pre-pandemic, it was just like, we need some senior engineers and Rails or React, that's great, but didn't have to get really specific. Whereas um, in this rebuilding process, we've seen a lot more success spending the time up front to really look at what are the needs of our team, of this specific role, what are they going to deliver, both in terms of technical output, as well as what they're going to bring to the culture. Um, so that we can really target in and focus on finding those very specific skills or attributes versus just take in as many resumes as possible and spend a lot of time weeding them out through that process. Yeah. I, I
3: think it's interesting. I have the opposite problem of David. I We are trying to hire, we've done two X every quarter since last year. So we're like, we're looking for another 10 in the next month and a half to come on board for us. 2X sounds great until you actually understand how many people we have. But the the beauty of math. But the idea is I've actually let people go. Despite having open positions, I've brought in people and they were not a culture fit. They they did not fit the cult. They were talented. They could get work done, but they didn't fit with the culture. And I actually had to say, I, I've got to protect my culture because that one rock star, could take down the rest. And that's a challenge. That's a hard challenge, especially when I'm going up the ladder and I got projects and deadlines. And uh, guys, I, I don't know. I think we're going to push that one out two weeks. Well, how come? Because I fired somebody. Luckily, I thankfully, I have the trust of my leadership, but but it really is important to protect the culture. I, I, I firmly will believe that. And I think David is a testimony to that. He's getting resumes he doesn't need because he built that culture. And I think that's going to be the number one thing that that we've got to do coming out of this is understand that we can make those decisions like you said Eddie and that there's and I could have absolutely been stunned in that fear oh my gosh I hired somebody and I gotta let them go within you know a month because I've already identified they're not here Mm. but it was like the fear of not having my team be successful in the long run Mm -hmm. was greater than the fear of making a decision in the short run that potentially cause me some pain and so that that's been interesting to find the hiring and to build this it's i would say it the challenge would be harder for me i think if we had a larger budget and if the if i was looking more domestically i think that would probably be the other thing i would suggest is that a lot of teams they're looking for domestic they're very like focused on i want somebody domestic it makes a lot of sense but I think that the challenge to there is if you have the right engineer, you can work internationally because they can train, right? If the engineer is not a rock star at coding, but he's an engineer at people, then he is teaching them the architecture and he's talking to them and he's educating them. He's helping code and helping bring them up. If your engineers are in that kind of role where they're, they're, they're looking for the next engineer, right? They're, they're pulling the next guy up uh, and you've got that kind of culture that you built. I think you can look at, you can look at teams of less junior people. You can look at potentially having internships where you're educating people. You can't do that if you don't build that culture, though. If you don't have a culture of that way, it's not going to work for you.
0: And, and, and what I find so interesting about what you just said is I have a hiring problem. Strike that through. I have a culture problem. Strike that through. I'm actually afraid. Strike that through. I'm really concerned for my engineers. So, what I think what Brit and I were talking about was there's this banner. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Oh, how about them hiring? How does one <laughs> say <laughs> that in, in Omaha? How about them hiring thing? Y'all doing? Close. I was actually trying to imitate optometrists in Omaha. I won't be forwarding this to my boss. Though. But isn't it interesting how we've got this big box? Of an issue, but really, if you strip away, there are some very real. Personal issues, or a nuanced company issue, or a there, there is a there's something else that is the real problem. I, I once spoke with a, a CTO, and and Eric, what something you said was really interesting to me was his hiring budget just also increased tenfold. And I, I often say to people, CTOs have a lot more fun do doing more with less then being told you have a blank checkbook and go and do stuff. But I spoke with him and he's he came to me. So it was a coaching session and he started off by saying, I need your help because I need to hire five, six, seven people. And A, where do I source them? B, what's my hiring process? And so we got stuck in the methodology of hiring. But the more we spoke the more I realized that he didn't have a hiring problem. He had a self-image issue about what his role as CTO needs to be for those next three months, which was a specific issue for them. And once he was able to decouple the fact that he was hiring for a position when he was more than capable of knocking out a couple technical things that would actually negate the need for that hiring. But his mental block was, I'm a CTO, I'm supposedly not supposed to code, and what's going to happen if... And so really, it was amazing to see how the problem got redefined as really an issue with his understanding of his role as CTO versus... I have a hiring problem. And I think this is where it's so interesting to dig a little bit into what is the real problem that you have that is masked by this hiring in all caps. Yeah, I think that touches on one of these areas that
1: historically CTOs haven't necessarily been viewed, I guess, by the broader organization as more than just the sort of technical wizard type person. And I think there's a lot of the skills that we have having engineering and product backgrounds to be able to do that kind of root cause analysis, whether it comes to an actual technical problem or it's a culture issue or it's a hiring issue, whatever it is, being able to leverage those skills across the organization to help not just the, the technical side, but the business side, sales, marketing, customer success... How did they go about understanding what the real problem is, so that we can get to the the best solutions, which may not always be hiring another person, or maybe hiring a different Absolutely. person than what we thought it is.
0: And if I can't articulate what the real problem is, what advice am I going to get? And is it really answering the real issue that I have? So you might get, a, you might be in a forum meeting, or you might be sipping cocktails with your CTO buddies and they're like, yeah, you go to this place, you talk to this, you do this hiring process, but really what's happening on the inside is something completely different.
2: It it also speaks to something I hear a lot in my forums. We were talking about this last month through the lines of CTO needs, is that there's so much stereotype of you're the servant to people's needs. Oh, we need this new function. So here, go do this. Or we're actually going to do this different product. So we need you to go change this. And inside of just like that tech background we were talking about, someone might just take that and be like, okay, we have to create something new. Okay, we have to create something new. Versus if our CTOs are really being trained in their leadership and people skills, then it's a great chance to be like, what problem are we actually trying to fix here? What is the actual issue here that we're dealing with? And I think it's the same thing we're talking about with this global conversation of hiring, is if you just go start trying to fix the problem that everybody else is having, that actually might not get you the talent or the person that you want that's going to serve your culture versus what I heard David saying is you really have to slow down and look, what is this role? What is it going to add to the culture? What do we need from this person based on all these other things? And so I think what we're all saying a little bit is you have to really get personal to look at what your specific hiring needs or issues are. Or cultural needs, what have you, so that you're not just swept in somebody else's narrative that then has you produce way too many interviews or the wrong hires. Am I catching that? that. Is that what we're saying?
3: Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. And I think it's interesting. I think there's a dichotomy there between as CTOs, we need to understand that we could apply the same problem solving skills that we've done Mm -hmm. to technical problems, to every other problem. Like really, at a coding level, if you're really good, which is why most of us are here is we've understood that you've got to get low. You've got to figure out low down in where is this problem? Cause it's not usually I need to throw more resources at something. There's usually a lower level problem that needs to address. I might fix it here, but I've got to address it here. And I think that's that we've got to do that internally. I think we have to do that externally with our, with our leadership too. I think we've got to be able to go to them and say, Hey, this is how we can solve this. How do we dig deeper into the problem? And I think the bigger organizations, I think it sounds to me like David's a, a smaller organization like myself. It, we probably don't have giant, we don't have HR departments that are vetting and running it all through their systems. And and so we're more responsible for that, which I think changes the narrative that we have because we're closer to it. But I think even at the larger level, you've got you've to take the time to understand that, that the problem does not exist in just the people and the resources. But to what you said, I think a lot of CTOs have probably run outcomes over uh, output from Josh. And it's the same thing. What is the outcome? Not just the software, but what is the outcome of the hiring? We need to get products developed. Okay. We also need them to stick around, right? Because they come in and then they churn and we've got a churn rate of we're not putting up the best product because nobody understands it. And I'm spending more time educating. So I
0: I think that's part of solving it too, is what is your overall outcome that you're Mm. trying to do? And if we, as we finish up, and maybe I can put you guys on the spot, but if you consider the hiring challenge, and David, maybe you should rewind to when you had to basically rehire a new team. Eric, you're in the midst of replatforming with an eye on future hiring if you could decouple yourself from the big hiring issue out there what would you say is your problem what is what is your real hiring problem and i do have some tissues if you david you want to go first <laughs> yeah that's that's a tough <laughs> one like there's so many
1: facets or way, ways you could shape that i think in our particular situation Building back the team was, given the size of our organization, finding very adaptable folks. So it wasn't so much about we need an expert in Rails or Kubernetes or whatever. It it was, we have a wide variety of problems that we're going to have to solve over the next 12 to 18 months. So how can we find folks that have both the desire as well as the capability to jump in wherever they're needed, whether that's support engineering or product design or a variety of things within our tech stack and optimizing our process for folks that are not just willing to do that, but excited about it. Going back to that culture piece, like folks that aren't going to get frustrated every time that we're like, hey, we need you to jump over here and do this, but are ready to do that invested in that
0: that that is such an enlightening thing it's it's not the hiring problem it's a culture of responding quickly to change and switching context and the willingness to be driven by the larger vision that will create discomfort and be a pain in the ass for some developers and so you you carry that in you so yes, funneled or hiring, whatever, doesn't matter because in the back of your mind, you have this other challenge going on at Wendy. Yeah.
1: And I think tied into that, there's an element of ownership too, which I think has helped define the roles that we hire for and whatnot. In terms of finding folks that, that desire that, we can offset some of the, the challenges around budget and, and compensation and whatnot by selling that vision of you're going to come in and we're going to hand you problems. and. You get to own it, and you—if you're in a larger organization—you probably don't have a lot of autonomy. You're just getting handed tickets, and you turn out the code for it. And
0: that, honestly, yes, honestly, if I knew that as CTO, that's hard because I know personally I don't do well in those environments. To know that the person you're recruiting for or hiring for is going to face that, to me, is almost a bigger problem. Yeah, it was yeah, definitely yeah.
1: Learning learning by experience. We went through our fair share of developers oh. that were expecting that just hand you the tickets environment and when they didn't have it, it didn't last very mm-hmm. long.
0: Yeah, and it also gives us the opportunity then to work on the right problem. Yep. Yeah. Learn from I your mistakes. Why, I don't know why sure. I did this. But yeah, it's like you you then are able to focus on the real issue at hand, which is that cult that insecurity or concern. Eric, how about you, man? You've had 70 seconds to think about
3: it. I'm going to preface this and and hopefully anybody can make comments in the YouTube that know me. I'm not egotistical, but I think the hiring challenge I have is I want people who are like me. When David describes that person that's, I'm going to give you a problem. I just need you to solve it. If it takes you longer than what I think it should, tell me it's going to take me longer, but just solve it. I need you to know that you can solve it. I'm empowering you. I will support you. But you guys got to do it, like just get in there and get it done and tell me what you need from me so I can support you. But I think that's hard to find. The hardest piece is this world has got to specialization with the Facebooks and the Amazons and the Googles. There's so much specialization. I want a guy who is just perfect at writing a React thing, but only for Android. And it's okay. that's great. So that's all he does all day long. Can he solve your DevOps problem? No. So if I'm a small business, it's even if you gave me unlimited money, there's only a certain amount of pool that I can pull from because that's the talent that I'm looking for. And that's my challenge. I think it'd probably be a different challenge if I was a CTO of a bigger
0: company, because I'd probably want the specialization. And then you probably have the challenge then of, well, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done the right way, like yes. I have to always step in. I always—you're probably the smartest guy in the room, so it's probably difficult to hire f- for that. It is, and that's one of the
3: things I've had to learn about myself. So we talked at the beginning to come back around full circle, but uh, the introspection is: everybody isn't like me. They can't. My boss will tell me that's what makes you unique. That's why we brought you aboard. And I'm like, yeah, but I need more of me. But the thing is, like. Uh, I had to own that. Hey, people are going to make mistakes. They're not going to be like me. There's going to be times I need to coach them up and accept that. And that's been a little bit of a journey, but I think it's been an easy one because again, I've got a job to do. And if I don't learn that about myself and fix it, my job's not going to get done. So it's survival the fittest here. If I don't figure this out,
0: we're not going to move forward. But I think
3: my biggest problem is that it's myself.
0: It's also a growth edge for a lot of 80% of CTOs out there, I think is to not be the smartest person in the room, to hire for other people's creativity, mm-hmm. to understand that their creativity is a mesh on top of yours and that it's not the same, but it's not wrong. It's pluralistic. It's diverse. This is why DEI is so important. Bring in new ideas, new people, different backgrounds. Get all of that into this creative space. And, and I think that's where we struggle is – To hire people that are like us or better, and it's tough. I I get it. Thanks for that disclosure, Eric. It's definitely not a unique challenge to people who have graduated from just pure engineering to to chief leadership roles. So, thank you.
2: Yeah, I think in both of your shares, you really exemplified leadership by really looking like what is the actual problem that I've created or that I'm a part of rather than being so inundated by, oh, there's this money out here and people are taking jobs anywhere. And it's this whole globalization of stuff. It's really, hey, here's who I am that has me have this specific issue or here's who our company is that has us have this. So I just appreciate the level of responsibility and leadership inside of the conversation, because I think that's sometimes what's missing and what has people get swept away in the conversation about hiring. So... Thanks for bringing it and being authentic and sharing about your experiences.